You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app today on iOS or Android and start interacting with all of your favorite sports and other sports fans as well. On today's show, we discuss the Nationals' 3-2 win last night over the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we'll touch on my experiences at the ballpark on Saturday and Sunday. I have some interesting observations for you all as Nats Park uh, is now back at full capacity. Talk about that and more on today's show. All right, let's get into it. The Nationals win last night by a score of 3-2 over the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was John Lester on the hill for the Nationals. It was JT Brubacker who made the start. I think I'm saying that correctly. Brubacker made the start for the Pirates and the Nationals able to get the win now. They get themselves to 28-35, and 16-17 at home. Still seven and a half games out of first place in the National League East due to a, uh, a Mets win last night. So that's where they still are right now. Things did not get off the best start for the Nationals. They were down 1-0 early thanks to a Kevin Newman home run that John Lester just left over the middle of the plate. He ends up hitting it out. But the Nationals respond to the bottom of the third with a Kyle Schwarber single that scores Victor Robles. And then Juan Soto singles the other way to score Trey Turner. So a couple things. Um, Kyle Schwarber hits a ball down the line in this in the third inning that was basically identical to one that he hit in the first. If you guys watched this game in the first inning, Kyle Schwarber hits one to the right side and almost gets it over top of the shift, but is not able to. And I think wasn't sure exactly who ended up making um, that play. I believe it was Adam Frazier playing second because uh, he was deep in the shift, but. Um, I believe it was Frazier because they usually bounce that second baseman back deeper into the hole and they'll usually slide the shortstop over and then that, uh, the third baseman will play basically on that second base side or he'll, he'll be the one guy that's over the other way. Um, <clears throat> I'm not even sure if they um, – I think they might have just gone with a four-man outfield in this situation because <laughs> because uh, at this point, I mean, with, with, with Schwarber, you know, it's he's not a guy that's going to hit it the opposite way. It's just not his game. Um, but he hit one the right side this time around. That was a really nice one. It was to the left of the first baseman in front of the right fielder, and also it was to the right, if you're looking from home plate, of the second baseman who's backed up into that deep position. So Kyle Schwarber did a good job with that one, and Juan Soto, then speaking of shifts, hits one the other way, and this one would have been at least around a shortstop if they had him here. I don't have any numbers on this, but to me, if you watch the Washington Nationals play, if you watch Juan Soto play, you know, yeah, I, I know he'll hit a lot of ground balls or a decent amount, I guess, the right side, but his ability to go the other way would make me play him more honest. Uh, I thought this situation where they should have played him just normal depth, they should have played him um, you know, straight up, and if they had, they would have been in better shape. And they were shading him the same way on Sunday, uh, a slow rolling ball that would have been picked up normally by a shortstop, in my opinion, allowed him to get an infield single the other day, too. So I thought they – I'm not sure why teams shift Soto as much as they do. 
you could argue that in this inning, in this situation in particular, it actually cost the Pirates a run. Um, I, I think it's not out of the realm possibility. I don't, I don't think it's out of the, the question to say that. Um, but yeah, Nats take a 2-1 lead there. In the sixth, a sack fly uh, ends up scoring a run for the Pirates. And then in the bottom of the seventh, Kyle Schorber goes yaya again to give the Nationals a 3-2 lead. He pounded this ball um, out to his favorite spot, right center field, a spot that he has been taking many trips to in racing games. Kyle Schwarber nails this one out of the park, and then the bullpen guys come in and do their job in this game. Suero pitched two-thirds of an inning, Kyle Finnegan pitched an inning, Tanner Rainey pitched an inning, and Brad Hand, too. And so all those guys getting the job done. It was good to see Finnegan bounce back. It was good to see Rainey bounce back. Your final line, and also Brad Hand, too, pitching pitching well. Um, you know, they want to see him be more consistent. So John Lester is your pitcher of record in this game. Five and one-third innings, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, two Ks, a homer. It was that Newman home run earlier in the game. Suero ends up giving up the run, but it was obviously charged to John Lester in that sixth inning. And this is the challenge that John Lester has been having. I really wanted him to make it through six in this game, but teams have the ability now, whether it be Pirates or any other team, to make him work. And I know it's a win. I know you'll take it, but that's a that's a concerning thing. And if John Lester could go out there every single game and pitch like he did last night, then you'll definitely take it. And he's had a, uh, um, he's had a decent month. I, I don't want to knock him. He's had a decent month. Here is the issue. I, I, here's the issue I have is that, and we talked about it before too, he's not making it that deep into games, right? The longest outing that John Lester has had this year is six innings, and it's only happened one time, right? He's made it five, five, six, five and third, four, four, five and two-thirds, three and two-thirds, five and a third. I know he's your fourth or fifth guy, but ideally – he needs to be making it a little bit deeper into the game. In this month, he's thrown 87, 91, 86 pitches. Once again, I think that should be taking him a bit deeper into the game. I know that sometimes they pull him because there's spots where there's guys on base and he's been through the order a couple times, right? They want to make sure they can get a different arm out there to face whoever's up there and kind of get themselves out of a situation. But um, to me, you know, they've got to get a bit more length because this bullpen has been taxed as of late. And with Scherzer and Strasburg on the mend, this is something that they've got to keep continuing to build on. They really need more out of their starting pitching. And look, John Lester this month has a 2.45 ERA and 15, uh, 14 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's okay. It's okay. But the issue for him is you know, the three starts are five and two-thirds, three and two-thirds, five and a third. So not really the length that they need out of their starting pitching. They, they need at least six there. They need at least six because, um, you know, do you feel comfortable with Corbin, Fetty, uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez, obviously, is somebody that's going to need more bullpen support, right, if he stays up and is scheduled to make more starts, right? That's a guy that they end up using more. They're going to need their bullpen in some situations. And a veteran guy like Lester has to give them a bit more length so on the night's they don't know who's going to start. They've got some answers, right? They're able to get some answers about who it is that's going to be starting. And uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's touch on some of the 
hitting that we saw uh, across the board from the Nationals in this game. We'll also touch on some news and notes as well. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting Locker Rooms every single week, you guys. Uh, if you guys have not heard of them or, or been a part of them before, they are a lot of fun. We do trivia. We rip some takes. We give our opinions on stuff. It's a whole lot of fun. I will be doing mine tomorrow on Wednesday during the day, probably at uh, 1 or 2 in the afternoon. So you guys can check that out. You can finally join in on the conversation that you listen and you hear every single day. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you, watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. Locked on Nationals podcast, once again, this week will be happening tomorrow in the afternoon. Go download the free Locker Room app right now. Currently available on all iOS uh, devices. They also have the Android beta out too. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, whatever conversations you want to join from the leagues. You can follow me at, I think it's jneighbors97. Just search Josh Neighbors. That way you'll be notified whenever I go live. Once again, download the Locker Room app. We will see you there. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Wealthfront. Our friends at Wealthfront will let you guys know that stocks, stonks, stocks, whatever they're calling them these days, memes, rocket ships, it's all fun. How would you like to actually grow your wealth? Well, you can now when you open up a Wealthfront investment account. Decades of data shows that investors that day trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of the day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether it's you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. With Wealthfront, you can just create a portfolio and globally diversify it, low-cost index funds and personalized uh, investments just for you. They offer that in just minutes when you sign up. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB to get started today. So the bats looked pretty good last night in uh, in D.C. against Pittsburgh. I know it was only three runs, but the one bat I think we're all focused on was the bat of Kyle Schwarber. He has been heating up as of late, and last night was no different. He was robbed of a hit uh, early on in the game. Really should have been three for three with a walk, in my opinion, but he ends up going two for three. And he is somebody that has been heating up. The whole front of the lineup, first four guys, all got hits Last night in the game, Kyle Schwarber, like I mentioned, heating up just a touch as of late. The last two games especially, he has been on fire. He is four for his last seven right now with two walks included. So he is somebody starting to hit just a touch better uh, this month. You know, his, his average kind of dropped towards the beginning, but now he's been in the heat back up. Kind of that leadoff spot last two days has been a good spot for him, and he's just seeing the ball better. 
And he's made some comments to the media as well, saying, look, stick with us. Stick with us. Stick with us. All right? We are, um, you know, this. he said this team is right, right there. They're close. Do I agree with him? No. But I do like the fact that he's saying that he thinks this team is a bit closer than most people believe they are. In my opinion, with the injuries right now, not sure it's something they can overcome. They have in the last couple games, but we'll have to see moving forward if they can continue to do that. Trey Turner goes one for four. Juan Soto, one for four as well. Josh Bell goes one for three with a walk. Uh, Victor Robles, one for three as well, getting himself on base. He's looked a, a lot better the last few days, starting to raise his average, and also that 345 on base is a good place to be. Look, he might not hit as well as Trey Turner does. Trey Turner hits at 298, but guess who has a better on base percentage? Victor Robles. Victor Robles is on base at 345. He does a, a bit better job of seeing more pitches and taking more walks, so it's always nice to have him turn over that lineup, as we've talked about ad nauseum. I kind of want to hit some of the news uh, the news and notes that we've talked about before I kind of mention my experience at the ballpark. Max Scherzer right now, uh, he is talking about his groin injury. And he is probably going to be, not in the IL yet, but his bullpen did not go the way it wanted yesterday. So he is going to be missing his next start. Uh, that's kind of the, the the reporting that has been done right now. Just Doherty talked about it. Max talked about it after the game. Uh, so the bullpen did not go the way that he wanted it to. And look, I talked about it the other day, but when Anthony Davis went down with his groin injury in the playoffs for the Los Angeles Lakers, I was listening to a, a, a doctor said, sometimes, man, the groin injuries just need rest. That's the best thing you can do is just rest until you're 100% again, and then you can go. And so for Max, skipping that next start means that, let's see, it's a uh, Wednesday start, so they would not be calling on Max again until the following Monday, right, or Tuesday. So I, I think the situation where, um, for me, it's just smart if Max rests. And if you can get him that full week off, right, if you can get him off, because I know he pitched the bullpen yesterday, but if you can get him that full time off, you can get him back. Uh, let's see, you know, they're playing a doubleheader this weekend against the Mets. Uh, as part of a four-game series, and they've got a day off on Thursday, too. So if they can get him into some point next week with some rest or later next week, depending on how the schedule works and who they call up roster stuff and whatnot, I think they can be in a good spot. Uh, once again, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, time is what's best for the groin injury. And so if they can get into next week with Max, that's really where they want to be. Who starts the game on uh, Wednesday? It's, it's my big question here. You know, there's a couple ways they could go. I think they end up going with Paulo Espino or Jeffrey Rodriguez. That's probably one of the two guys that they will go with. I would assume it's Paulo because he's currently in the roster and Jeffrey they had to make some space for, I believe. So I think it's just more logical that they go with uh, Paulo Espino as he's already kind of part of the active roster at this point in time. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens with Max. If he goes to the IL, that gives them the chance to call up a Jeffrey Rodriguez. But right now, as of right now, Max Scherzer is not technically on the injured list. They can't call somebody up. So I would assume at this point in time, it's going to be Paolo Espino making that start on Wednesday, but I am not sure. And here's the last two games set up for the Nationals. Tonight's game, Tuesday, 7.05. It's going to be Patrick Corbin going up against Tyler Anderson for the Pirates. And then the final game, it's going to be whoever it is, Paolo Espino, uh, going up against Chase DeYoung, 
who is the pitcher for the Pirates. That game is a day game, starting at, or afternoon game rather, starting at 4.05. The Nationals have an off day on uh, Thursday before they take on the Mets for four games in three days this weekend. All right, let's take one more break. When we come back, we'll discuss some of my experiences from this weekend. A couple observations about the sticky stuff, the pine tar. Everybody's been talking about uh, and some of the observations I want to encourage you all to make when you guys go to games and also full capacity, Nats Park. Talk about that as well. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place for all of your sports action needs. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action right now at betonline.ag. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sports, MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, it'll give you an extra 50 to play with as well right now at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've been serving customers online for 20 years at rockauto.com. Go check them out today. Right now, you can go there and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so uh, I had a lot of fun at Nationals Park this week. Uh, first couple in-game observations. Number one, when I watched the matchup between Joe Ross and Johnny Cueto, my dad pointed out to me early, and something I think we're just all desensitized to it, but... Um, Johnny Cueto would rub the tip of his cap whenever he got a new ball. Now, you could say, well, Johnny Cueto's got a lot of hair. You know, maybe he's just adjusting his cap and it's annoying, right? Maybe it's just something that he always does. Maybe he's just, it's not a nervous tick, but it's just a creature habit. Then I watched Joe Ross do it every single time where he grabbed the bill of his cap, basically before every single pitch. Sometimes the ball would be in the glove. Oftentimes, in the case of Joe Ross, the ball would not be in his glove. It actually be in his hand while he's grabbing the tip of his cap. And so this is where I'm watching and I'm thinking, you know, the hitters, it's pretty obvious. Mark Carlson, the home plate umpire could have seen it. You know, probably did see it. Maybe for him, it's just second nature to notice it. Maybe they don't want to crack down until really they have to crack down as umpires. I don't know, but I'll tell you this is that the usage, there's no way all of these guys are grabbing the tips of their caps, just doing it naturally. There's no way all of those guys are just doing it just to do it. And oftentimes, if you're watching bullpen sessions, guys aren't doing it there, right? So they're, they're doing it on the field. Maybe once again, could be something instinctually, instinctually do while they're pitching in the games. Maybe it's not, but it is widespread. It is rampant, but I'm not saying it's rampant in a bad way. Like I, I didn't, I don't think the quality, you know, maybe the Giants could argue Joe Ross's quality was too high, uh, but th- they hit him a little bit. And it's not like Joe Ross is some ace, even with, you know, substance. It's not like he's, uh, you know, he's, he's Jacob DeGrom out there. So I think it's one of those things where it wasn't egregious. It wasn't like, uh, it felt like, you know, 
um, something was going on that was erroneous. It, it just, you know, it, it didn't feel like it was foul play happening. I'm just saying that it's something to note, something to look at when you guys are at the ballpark. Maybe take a look, see, see if it's happening, because it most likely is. And kind of judge for yourself watching it happen live. Do you think it's something that needs to be uh, looked at, thought about, whatever? Um, also, I was able to sit in section 126, and it's not saying, look at me. I'm able to get such great tickets and such great seats. No, I'm just saying you can you can sit in these um, sections for pretty good amounts right now. $60 a piece will get you in section 126, row M. That's right about where I was sitting. I was in row K. That's, you know, you're about uh, 25, 30 rows up, 15, actually, honestly, more, you know, a few less than that, probably 15, 20 rows up from home plate to $60 a piece. And um, you can go to a place like SeatGeek, right, and get those seats. Right now, there's plenty of good deals. Even though Nats Park is at full capacity, there's plenty of good seating options right now. So I'm not here to to, uh, to promote SeatGeek or anything of that nature, but there's plenty of great options for upcoming games across the board, especially, you know, I'm looking at ticket prices right now. That Friday night game, uh, Mets versus Nationals, is a bit more... Uh, let's see, a bit more expensive. I'm going to sort this right now by the lowest possible price. There's tickets right now, yeah, for in the 30s that you can get for Mets National, uh, Mets Nationals, yeah, on on Friday night. So there's lots of good options. The rest of the weekend's pretty cheap. Tickets for the games against the Pirates, twenty dollars, nineteen dollars where they start. Mets games, thirty four, thirty six, twenty nine, thirty one. So there's plenty of good options. Uh, it's not like the ballpark is full, but when you go to the games, you feel safe, especially if you're vaccinated. There's no reason not to feel safe. So I just want to encourage you all, if you guys have not gone to a ball game yet, I went with uh, with limited capacity. I also went with full capacity, too. Both felt great. I will tell you this. This weekend felt like a normal weekend at the ballpark. People were there. Not as big of crowds as I expected. The Saturday night crowd was pretty good. Sunday crowd was a bit lacking. I'm sure you guys saw the Monday night crowd was not great uh, at Nats Park. But... There's no reason to be afraid, especially if you're vaccinated and you're good to go. It's really a good experience, and I encourage you all to go back to the ballpark once again. My third, second, and third games of the year. A lot of fun. Good to see with my family. Um, and it feels pretty normal again. Everything's starting to feel pretty normal again. So I encourage you all to go out there, have some fun at the ballpark, wherever it is, whether it be a double-A ballpark, whether it be a triple-A ballpark, a major league ballpark, whatever it is, you're out there listening. Uh, no reason not to go back to the games right now. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore as well. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.